Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And, of course, this is where we take all of your questions. If you're not already watching on the Facebook page, go ahead and head on over there and leave your questions in the comments section as we give people a chance to start uh, submitting some of those. Figured we'd start with the big news of the week. Vernon Hargraves was waived earlier on. I wanted to hear just your initial thoughts on that, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the reasons behind it, the timing, just overall how this could affect the secondary moving forward. Yeah, anytime. Every time, you know, because this happens from time to time on every team, every team, and anytime it happens, it obviously is a surprise. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the inner inner circle that's making these decisions, then you don't hear about it till it's a done deal, right? Right. Uh, the timing of it is curious because there are some injury issues. We don't have it's like we say every week. It's Wednesday morning, so we don't have an injury report right. until later today, and they're practicing later, by the way. Uh, in the afternoon, practicing later than usual. I think that's part of the Victory Monday Monday schedule. Mm. They weren't here on Monday for meetings, so they have meetings in the morning. Um, <clears throat> but we do know that Carlton Davis has missed the last two games with a hip injury, and we do know that MJ, MJ Stewart was banged up at the end of the last game. So we don't know yet their status, but since they could be question marks, you're kind of thin right. at that position, and but you still go ahead and make the move with Vernon Hargraves. So... I think you can read between the lines there that this maybe something was brewing for a little while and there was a sort of a last straw situation. Interesting. I, I know yeah. Coach mentioned a play, after the game he mentioned a play in, in which he pulled Vernon because he didn't think he was running fast enough in pursuit on a play. Right. But I don't think one play is going to get a, a, a guy released. Right. So I have to assume there was more to this than that. I right. don't think you're going to hear much elaboration on that though because that's not the way that teams generally handle business right they keep that sort of stuff in family Um, so it's the end of a three and a half year tenure of your 2016 first round pick you can't really say that went well for either the team or the player Uh, but you know you cut ties and you move on yeah that's a great point um looking at facing the Saints now and knowing that you know especially Michael Thomas uh, did a lot against us the last time overall what do you feel like we're going to be looking at defensively to make sure that things go a little bit differently this time yeah Michael Thomas is going to catch the football I mean he's done that against everybody this Mm -hmm. last week they lost 26 to 9 I think they didn't score a touchdown so you assume you're going to look at the box score and see all their usual offensive stars didn't do much and sure enough Alvin Kamara didn't do much Drew Brees didn't throw a touchdown pass but Michael Thomas was throwing the ball 14 times caught 13 of them for 152 yards essentially because of the way he runs routes and the option routes they have and and the way they use him he's going to catch the football right. you're not going to be able to stop him from catching the football he's only been held below eight catches in one game this year I think what you need to do with Michael Thomas is just limit the damage. I mean, his his per catch average is only about 11.4 or 11.8, something like that, which isn't really very high for a top-notch receiver. You know, mm-hmm. like our guys, like I think Mike Evans is like 17.1, and Chris Godwin's probably around 15. It's just two different ways of getting there. Right. You know, he's Michael Thomas is more of a high volume guy that it's hard to keep the ball out of his hands. But you got to you got to keep him. You got to be sh- sound in tackling, and we have to avoid those big plays uh, like. Where you've seen him, you saw a couple in the last game where a guy's just wide open in the middle of the field, where there's some sort of communication or coverage breakdown. That's the kind of play we, we really need to avoid with both Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. We just can't let those guys get the ball out in wide open space. And then when we're close to them, the tackling needs to be sound. Right, for sure. Um, we had uh, a question about the uh, Kirk asked, What does the release of Vernon mean for our cap situation? Huh, I hadn't looked at that yet. Um, you know, the cap situation, everybody was worried about that 
this year. And sure, it probably did limit a little bit of what we could do. Uh, but I think they basically were able to do whatever they, you know, the things that they needed to get done. But as I pointed out in the past, because of so many contracts ending next year, our cap situation next season is really not that big of an issue. Right. I think we're totally fine. So Vernon Hargrave's release, he was due, he, we had picked up the fifth year option because he was a first round guy, but it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what exactly what that was, maybe $15 million for a cornerback. So that will come off the books. Right. But. I don't think it's a drop in the bucket, probably. Yeah, and I think I had seen that his um, that he had at least nine million or something guaranteed next year if he ended up getting hurt Injury, this right. year. Yeah, and so I'm sure that was also a factor as well. That's, if you that's don't want to, you don't want to risk him getting hurt if you're already planning on him not being around next that's year. That's a very good point. Those fifth year, when the first round picks get their four-year deals with an optional team mm-hmm. option for a fifth year that fifth year is only guaranteed for injury right so you saw this in the past teams make decisions like that with guys like rg3 so you, you bring up a good point that could have factored into their decision every game they put them out there you're risking, you're next risking year. injuring that nine million when you know you're moving on right exactly uh james said uh would you rather face the saints with breeze or bridgewater Bridgewater, and and that's no knock on Bridgewater. Obviously, he was great. They went five and zero. They're only two and two under Breeze, uh, and Bridgewater looked really good. I like how efficient he is, but Breeze is Drew Breeze, mm-hmm. and we've seen him do bad things to us way many more times. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the Saints went back to Drew Breeze. They didn't stick with Teddy Bridgewater, even though he's five and zero. Right. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. I think. Um, Chris asked, does Jamel Dean's play from last game help the Bucks uh, feel good releasing Vernon? I'm sure that's part of it. But again, the just the numbers is what makes it the timing interesting. Because, yeah, you got Jamel Dean. The week before, Coach had been raving about how Sean Murphy Bunting was getting better and better every week and probably playing better than anybody back there. So you do have those two guys, but they are rookies. And then beyond that, at the moment, guys that we 100% know are healthy going into the week, it's just those two and Ryan Smith. Right. Uh, Brody asked, uh, he said, the D-line is getting pressure, but seems to be just a little bit late. Vita is always so close. How do we get there a second sooner? You just keep you just keep grinding, right? I mean, he's, he's right. Uh, there's been a couple games this year where I feel like we're really close. Um, and that's okay when you're rushing with four men, you know, when you're not blitzing. Um, when you're blitzing and you keep just missing, that's when you're in trouble, which is what happened to the defense in Seattle. Right. Um, if you're getting close with your four-man rush, it's, and you're not getting there, it's frustrating, but you just keep going. And also remember the last two weeks we've played extremely mobile quarterbacks. So Drew Brees, he's been hard to sack throughout his career, although the Falcons got to him six times last week. But he's not as mobile as Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So just just keep grinding at it. Yeah, we had a couple people, uh, Eric, and I saw somebody else ask about if uh, Mazzy Wilkins is going to be one of the people called upon to do more now that Vernon's gone. I mean, that makes sense to me. I didn't bring it up because he's still at the moment on the practice squad, but it certainly makes sense. That's generally what teams do. That's right. part of the reason you have the practice squad. He's the only corner on the practice squad. So if you want a guy who knows the system, the yeah. other option is to bring in somebody off the street, and they may have more experience, but they don't have experience necessarily in the system. Yeah, So, yeah, we, it's it's not a stretch to say that's a very likely possibility okay uh austin brought up the game that is on december 21st now we we yeah, put out that news cool. so i figured we should bring that up in case people hadn't okay. seen so tell people what happened with that game right there was an unusual bit of scheduling this year when the schedule dropped in mid-april there were five games for week 16 that they didn't yet determine whether they're gonna they were gonna put them on saturday or sunday our home game against the texans was one of those so for the last five or six months we've just had you know 
either Saturday the 21st or Sunday the 22nd. Well, yesterday they came out with all the times and dates, and there's three games on Saturday, and the Bucks are the first one at 1 o'clock, and it's on NFL Network. All three of those games are. But here locally you can also see it on uh, WMOR. Okay. So uh, there's a local option. So even if you don't have cable or you don't have that network, you're still going to be able to watch it if you're not at the game. So I think that's pretty exciting. We haven't played a Saturday game since 2016, and that was really most of the NFL played that day because it was the 24th, mm-hmm. and they only had a couple days actually on Christmas. Um, so we haven't had a real, like, just a Saturday game that wasn't caused by Christmas in a long time. Yeah, so which is going to be interesting. Um, Russell had asked, do you think Vernon just wasn't a good player, or was it the system that wasn't working for him in particular? Well, wasn't a good player. I mean, we're talking about an NFL cornerback who had some moments. I don't think he wasn't a good player. Maybe wasn't good enough, and maybe there was more than just his actual play on the field involved there. But I don't think the system was a problem. In fact, all we heard about from the moment that – Bruce and, and Todd Bowles arrived is that this was a much better system for him and he felt the same way and you can remember in the in the offseason there was a lot of good talk from the coaches who, who thought he was really gonna be a great fit in this defense it was more like what he did at um, Florida and before he was released he got an op- he got an opportunity in several different roles remember for a little while they were moving him into the slot a little bit so, and he wanted to do that so he kind of got an opportunity to do everything, and it just didn't work out. Yep, that's true. Uh, James asked, can we expect O.J. Howard to start producing consistently? He looked pretty good last week. I've been saying that, and the coaches always – you try to bring that topic up, and, and Coach Arians pretty much always says, hey, the, the defense dictates where the ball's going to go. Right. And um, so, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit, it feels like he's saying. But, but then we threw the ball his way seven times, which is the most. He'd only had, I think, a high of four targets in the first – six games he played and then he got hurt so we tried now part of that is Arizona has been the worst defense in the league against tight ends so you you want to try to utilize that and take advantage of that um but I do like the way that we found him and more often and we obviously had some plays drawn up for him um the the big pass he caught for like 26 yards in traffic when people were hitting him that's something that not a lot of guys can do Mm -hmm. and uh coach Arian said when there's certain defenses being played, he should own the middle of the field. So, yeah, I've said before, I wrote an article about it before this last game, that I think he's a very good second-half breakout candidate. Oh, okay, that's a great point. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for joining us. We'll see you back here next week.